When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In today's show, we're going to be discussing the five things to watch out for in the Bitcoin market this week, including funding rates hitting a six-month high before the CPI, as well as some drama on crypto Twitter between Sam Bankman-Fried and the Binance CEO CZ as Binance to liquidate its entire FTX token holdings after the recent revelations. Quoting CZ here, liquidating our FTT is just post-exit risk management. Learning from Luna, we gave support before, but we won't pretend to make love after divorce. We are not against anyone, but we won't support people who lobby against other industry players behind their backs. Onwards, Sam Bankman-Fried, just saying, and quoting the one and only Max Geyser, Bitcoin has left the ovary of our collective unconsciousness and is now traveling through our collective cognitive uterus on its way to the global rebirth of our species as Bitcoin beings. Let's go. Also in today's show, Solana erases its Google rally gains, but a 50% Solana price recovery is still in play. I'll be breaking down the latest Solana technical analysis. Also in today's show, Polygon witnesses a sharp drop in supply as Matic disappears from the exchanges and is pumping like a mofo. I'll be breaking down the latest from Crypto Insights firm, Santiment. Also in today's show, Vitalik Buterin reveals a new phase in the Ethereum roadmap called the Scourge. That's right. The remaining milestones of the Ethereum roadmap consist of the Surge, the Scourge, the Verge, the Purge, and the Splurge. You can't make this stuff up, folks. Also in today's show, the United States will weaponize the dollar by backing it with Bitcoin. According to this crypto analyst, the United States government is likely to back the dollar with Bitcoin in order to protect its status as an issuer of the global reserve currency. That's right. Quoting the analyst here, I believe the volatility of Bitcoin will continue to increase from here as it travels through $500,000, $1 million, and even $5 million per coin. I think Bitcoin will still be volatile to use as a true unit of account until it breaches eight figures in today's dollars or once it absorbs 30% of the world's wealth. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market, all this, plus so much more in today's show. Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost, a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. I want to welcome everyone just tuning in to today's episode of Crypto News Alerts. I'm your host, JV. This is podcast episode number 1097. Let's dive right into today's market watch as there is a lot going on in crypto. But as you can see, the entire crypto market has pulled back. We got Bitcoin down 2.7% for the day, trading just above 20,700 at the time of this live stream. We got Ether down almost 3%, trading back under $1,600. Binance Coin down 5%, maintaining just above 
$330, while Solana is down a whopping almost 9%, trading just above $32. We got Dogecoin down 7%, trading at 11.5 cents. And the only top cryptos pumping in in the green are DOT with a small pump and Matic, which is surging, now trading above $1.25. And checking out coinmarketcap.com. You can see the coin market cap still maintaining above a trillion dollar milestone with 89 billion in volume in the past 24 hours. The current Bitcoin dominance is 38.6% with the Ether dominance at 18.8%. And checking out the top 100 cryptocurrency gainers in the past 24 hours. We got Matic leading the pack up 40% for the past week and up almost 9% for the day, trading above $1.25. Followed by Synthetics up 4%, trading at $2.74, $2.74. And Dash up 2.5% percent trading at $46.51 and checking out the top gainers for the week. You can see still mostly the top cryptos are in the green for the week, which is a great sign as the market cap has been pumping. You got Matic leading up 38%, AR up 38%, and we also have WeMix up 40%. And checking out one of my favorite indicators, we're back in fear, no more extreme fear, thank God. We're at 33 for today. Yesterday was a 40, last week a 31, and last month a 24 in extreme fear. And if you're not familiar with the crypto, Greed and fear index extreme fear can be a sign investors are too worried. That could be a great buying opportunity like you're witnessing right now. BTFD by that freaking dip. And when investors are getting too greedy, that means the market is due for a correction. So there you have it. And welcome once again to everyone just tuning into today's live episode of crypto news alerts. We have so much to cover and no time to waste. So let's dive right into today's Bitcoin TA and the five things to watch out for in the Bitcoin market this week. Number one, FTX worries disrupt weekly close. That's right. While failing into the weekly close, Bitcoin still managed to post its highest such weekly candle close since mid-September. Let's go. Data from Cointelegraph Markets Point Trading View shows the week to November 6th being capped at 20900 on Bitstamp, which you can see here in the one-week Bitcoin candle chart. And with that, Bitcoin defends its trading range and avoids any noticeable break of its current paradigm, lurching between 19000 and 22800 since August. And I'm going to be breaking down in great detail the saga and drama and war between CZ and Sam Bankman-Fried for a little later here in the show. So now for the second thing to watch out for in the Bitcoin market this week, CPI and U.S. midterms are in focus. That's right. The Fed dominated the last week of October when it came to crypto asset performance thanks to its decision to raise interest rates by another 0.75%. That's right. And as this is implemented, markets will be watching another key figure this week, which I believe comes out, is it this Thursday? I think it's right around the corner. Uh, consumer price index data for October. Estimates put year-on-year inflation at 7.9% as per economists surveyed by Bloomberg, down 0.3% versus September. And before the CPI and jobless claims, there is the issue of the U.S. midterm elections to deal with as well, a potential source of volatility and of itself. And I think that is like tomorrow. Quoting crypto god John here, personally, I am in no rush yet to just start buying. Well-known social media personality shared CZ versus the Sam Bankman free drama midterm elections Tuesday, CPI Thursday. So it is on Thursday. This will be the biggest week of crypto that will set the tune for the end of the year. So there you have it. And quoting fellow comment commentator Capital Hungry who shares if US CPI this week is still high we're going to see that upside on gold reverse US dollar strength back and equity bears back in play. So there you have it. Now for the third factor to keep your eyes out on this week in the Bitcoin market and that's the funding rates running hot. 
That's right. And a warning signal to the bulls where my Bitcoin bulls at. Holla at your boy. And particularly the late longs, Bitcoin funding rates are surging on derivative exchanges, as noted by Martin, a contributor to the on-chain analytics platform, CryptoQuant. Funding rates are now at their six or at their highs there in the past six months. Funding rates are a mechanism used in perpetual contracts to keep the Bitcoin price close to the Bitcoin spot price. And quoting him here, and for this moment, funding rates are very high. Traders are betting on higher prices and are willing to pay a serious amount of interest that doesn't have to be bearish per se but when price starts to move against them they might be forced to get out of their position or it will be liquidated so there you have it and now for the next factor to keep your eyes out on this week in the bitcoin market miners miss out on difficulty readjustment that's right bitcoin's network fundamentals remain in an interesting if not wholly bullish state the latest data from on-chain monitoring resource btc.com confirms that network difficulty decreased by 0.2% on November 7th, far less than previously estimated. And the result has implications for miners who have seen profit squeeze even as the hash rate hits all-time highs. And the Bitcoin yardstick continues to edge further into its cheap zone this month, having seen rare lows, which you can see in this Bitcoin yardstick chart. Now for the fifth and final factor to keep your eyes out on this week at the Bitcoin market, and that sentiment gauge hits a three-month high. That's right. It might not all be doom and gloom for the crypto market sentiment. According to the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, cold feet are getting shaken off and Bitcoin's run to its highest since September. Fear and greed, which we all know I share it every day here on the show, um, it, ma- it measures a basket of uh, factors to offer various labels, extreme greed. We got greed, neutral fear, and extreme fear. And at 40 out of 100, the optimism proved unsustainable thanks to the market retracement into the new week. As of November 7th, 33 out of 100 is in place firmly within the fear bracket. So there you have it. Let me know what you're looking forward to mostly this week as there is a lot of anticipation of things going on here in the crypto market. And how many of you are currently bullish for the short term, and when I say short term, I'd say November, December. So for the quarter four close of this year, holla at your boy in the comments and let me know. And how many of you feel we're likely to remain bearish, sideways trading action, and potentially even witness a double bottom as the current bottom for this cycle is 17,500. And many analysts are saying expect things to get a lot worse. And yeah, so without further ado, let's dive into one of my favorite stories of the day. And that's the saga between the Binance CEO CZ and the FTX CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried. Let's break this down, shall we? The CEO of crypto exchange Binance CZ said his company will liquidate the entirety of his position in FTX token, the native token of competing exchange FTX. In a November 6th tweet, Zhao said that the decision was made after recent revelations that have come to light. And in a later tweet, he explained the FTT liquidation was just post-exit risk management, referring to lessons learned from the fall of Terra Classic and how it impacted the market players. He also said we won't support people who lobby against other industry players behind their backs, quoting him here, liquidating our FTT is just a post-exit risk management learning from Luna. We gave support before, but we won't pretend to make love after divorce. We are not against anyone, but we won't support people who lobby against other industry players behind their backs onwards. And someone put here, some people in this crypto Twitter are literally trying to turn this into some kind of war, like Nintendo versus PlayStation. CZ responded, not a war or a battle. We do some house cleaning and then move forward. And much respect to CZ for doing those that housekeeping, because why in the world does he want to hold on to that huge bag, uh, you know, uh, $500 million worth of Sam Bankman-Fried's token, especially with all that's going on and all the uncertainty in the market. 
Also, considering it's a competing uh, exchange, now Alameda Research CEO Carolyn Ellison in a November 6th tweet, however, said that the balance sheet wasn't reflective of the true story, noting that the sheet in question is only for subset of our corporate entities and other assets worth $10 billion aren't reflected there. As she shares here, the balance sheet breaks out a few of our biggest long positions. We obviously have hedges that aren't listed given the tightening in the crypto credit space this year. We have returned most of our loans by now. Now, SBF back Ellison's claim in a tweet saying a bunch of unfounded rumors have been circulating. Now, Cointelegraph contacted Binance for further clarification about the reasons behind the liquidation, and a spokesperson said that the company has no further updates at this time, but you bet your bottom dollar I'll keep you posted. CZ didn't state how much FTT Binance would sell, but revealed the exchange held around $2.1 billion United States dollar equivalent in Binance USD. The exchange's stablecoin and FTT due to its exit from FTX equity last year. And he added Binance would try to sell the tokens in a way that minimizes market impact, stating he expects the token sales to take a few months to complete. An on-chain analysis showed nearly $23 million FTT, worth around $584 million at the time of this article, transferred from an unknown wallet to Binance, which now confirmed as part of the exchange's token offloading. And this is why CZ is such a gangster. As you can see here in this tweet, 22 Wow, twenty-two million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine FTT worth five hundred eighty-four million dollars transferred from no wallet to Binance, and obviously CZ did confirm that that was in fact from him, which is pretty interesting. And uh, back to our story here. Let's see if there's any other interesting facts to share here. I think at the end here, let's uh, boom, boom, boom. Boy, the price of FTT World and a series of announcements and within a two-hour period on November 6th spiked the price from around $23 to $24.50, followed by a crash of over 9% to $22.28, and FTT is down over 4% over the past 24 hours, trading around $22.50. So what are your thoughts surrounding all of this saga between Bankman Freed and CZ? And what are your thoughts? Let me know in the comments right down below and stress caution. If you're currently holding crypto on an exchange such as FTX, I would highly suggest removing it off the exchange for safe keepings and putting it in a safe place such as cold storage, maybe a ledger net nano, maybe a treasure, whatever you got to do with your crypto. Because at the end of the day, we've seen this play out before. And if this is a repeat of the Luna debacle, could you imagine how this will impact the entire crypto industry? So let me know your thoughts on how this will likely play out. I'll let your boy in the comments below. With that being shared, now let's dive into our Solana analysis. Solana has had a very rocky start uh, for this year, uh, to say the least. So let's uh, dive right in, shall we? A recent price rally in the Solana market ran out of steam midway as traders' attention shifted to crypto-focused hedge fund Alameda Research's insolvency rumors. That's what triggered this whole event, right? On November 7th, Sol's price plunged nearly 6% to about $30.50. The intraday sell-off came as a part of a broader pullback trend that started on November 5th when Solana peaked at around $38.75. And between then and now, the Solana token is down over 20% and that chart is not looking so great. The beginning of Solana's plunge coincided with reports that Alameda Research has liabilities worth $8 billion, which is owned by 
Bankman Freed, FYI, but they may not have liquid assets on his balance sheet to meet those obligations. And interestingly, the value of those assets plunged synchronously in the past 48 hours, including Solana, as well as FTX token, Serum, and Oxygen on fears of cascading liquidation if Alameda Research becomes insolvent. So that's the million dollar question. Will Alameda Research become insolvent? As shared here in this tweet, low liquidity token, low liquidity tokens, 4.6 billion of the assets are in low liquidity, including Solana, SRM, MAPS, Oxygen and FIDA. And other than Seoul, there's no way to liquidate the rest of the holdings without completely crashing the markets. The last four on the list are highly dilutive too. So there you have it. Now, one of the reasons for the recent growth and price surge of Solana is their partnership with Google and the NFT growth. Nevertheless, traders showed interest in holding Solana's price above 30 bucks as technical support level on November 7th. One reason could be a flurry of optimistic news that emerged over the weekend, including the launch of smartphones, DAP stores, and Google Cloud partnership. And in addition, Solana continues gaining higher traction in the number of their NFTs. For instance, the total number of NFTs released on the Solana blockchain is up almost 20% quarter over quarter to reach over 8 million in the third quarter of 2022. Quoting Masari, several developments across Solana's NFT sector allowed it to maintain a strong position relative to a peer group of top layer ones by secondary NFT sales volume. And quoting them again here, secondary sales volume managed to eclipse Ethereum in early September. The majority of the activity during that period took place on Magic Eden version 2. And on November 2nd, Instagram added support for Solana-based NFTs, enabling users to create, sell, and market their favorite digital arts and collectibles. Now let's discuss a potential 50% Solana price rebound. As mentioned above, the Solana prices correction showed signs of exhaustion when it retested 30 bucks as its support level on November 7th. And since August 2022, two rebound moves from the support line saw Sol recovering to nearly 37 bucks, excluding one time when the price slipped towards $27.75 in October. So a break above the $37 resistance line could have Solana test the $44 range to $47 thereafter or a 50% price rally when measured from the current price levels by December 2022. And conversely, an extended sell-off below $27 to 30 bucks support area risks sending Solana's price to around $19.50 or about 40% lower than today's price. So there you have it. Do you feel that Solana is likely to pump big time or crash big time because the charts are saying one thing is going to occur. So let me know if you are currently bullish or bearish on Solana. I think personally, probably not the best time to be bullish on it considering its connection to Sam Bankman-Fried and Alameda Research. There's no telling what can likely happen. So just be safe out there and stress extreme caution. And with that being shared, now let's dive into one of the top gainers of this week, which is Polygonmatic, which is a layer two scaling solution for Ethereum because as we know, the Ethereum gas fees are still absolutely outrageous. So let's break this down. Leading analytics firm is revealing that blockchain scaling solution Polygon is witnessing a dramatic drop in the supply of Matic on crypto exchanges, even after the token's explosive rally in the last few days. In a new report, Santiment says, and shout out to Santiment, the crowd is piling in on Polygon as supply on crypto exchanges plummets from over 1 billion Matic tokens in mid-October to 833 million coins on November 4th. Quoting them here, Matic supply on exchanges continues to fall, even as the prices skyrocket, indicating that folks are pretty confident about further 
price rise. Now, Matic is in the midst of a blazing rally, to say the least, to kick off November, opening the month at 90 cents and surging to as high as $1.30 for a 44% increase in less than a week. Let's go. Matic has retraced since then and currently trading at around $1.25 at the time of this recording and looking at Matic's other on-chain metrics. Sentiment says that the coin's rally comes as Polygon sees its highest network growth in months. According to the analytics firm, network growth illustrates user adoption by tracking the amount of new addresses that transferred Matic tokens for the first time. Quoting them here, Matic is seeing its highest network growth in months. A sustained network growth could be good, but as soon as it falls, the price continues to hover, forming a divergence, it tends to signal a local top as to the new folks who are coming in. So there you have it. And with more traders jumping in and participating in the rally, sentiment warns that on-chain, the on-chain metric is signaling that Matic may be on the verge of a corrective move. And according to the analytics firm, the coin seven-day market value to realize value, which is the MVRV metric, shows that Matic hodlers are in a good position to lock in profits. Quoting them here, Matic's MVRV seven-day, which measures the short-term profit slash loss of holders, is showing we are now in the danger zone, where historically we saw Matic's price decline shortly after after a local top forms. So there you have it. Let me know if you are currently bullish or bearish on Polygon slash Matic for the rest of this year and how many of you are holding Matic. Holla boy and let me know in the comments below. And with that being shared, let's dive into our next story of the day and discuss what in the world is going on with Ethereum as things have been quite quiet, but Vitalik has come out and shared some very important updates, including the entire roadmap. So let's break this down before I break down for you. Bitcoin potentially becoming a world reserve currency, which can send the Bitcoin price skyrocketing to a million, five million, 10 million. We're talking about an eight figure valuation for the king crypto. Let's freaking go. If you're pumped up, holla at your boy in the comments, make some noise. So with that being shared, yeah, the Ethereum roadmap, let's break this down. Ethereum co-founder Vitalik has added a new stage to the Ethereum technical roadmap, one that aims to improve censorship resistance and decentralization of the Ethereum network. The Ethereum network's new plans were revealed by Buterin in a November 5th Twitter post, which introduced the scourge and a now expanded six-part technical roadmap. And following Ethereum's shift to a proof-of-stake network on September 15th, Ethereum has been in the second stage, which is the surge, with the goal of getting 100,000 transactions per second through rollups. Now, the updated technical roadmap now inserts the scourge as the new third stage, which will then be followed by the previously known stages, the verge, the purge, and the splurge. Is he a hip-hop artist or something with all these rhymes? And according to the Ethereum roadmap, the goal of the scourge is to ensure reliable, incredible, neutral transaction inclusion and to avoid centralization and any other protocol risk from MEV. And the Ethereum co-founder calls for a more credible neutral consensus layer, comes as miners have been known to exploit transactions on the Ethereum network to their favor. Now, let's scroll down a little more here. This allows miners to duplicate all winning deals from the meme pool and execute their transactions ahead of arbitrage seekers or anyone attempting to make a profit. And as a result, Ethereum has become associated with a higher degree of centralization and censorship following the merge. That's right. How can Ethereum become decentralized when it's a centralized cryptocurrency and there are creators changing the protocol? They literally change the entire protocol. It's just wild. Now, following the network's transition to a proof of stake, the percentage of blocks compliant with the U.S. Office of Foreign Asset Control reached 73% on November 3rd, a figure many consider to be far too high. An Ethereum bull and founder of the Daily Quay, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, Anthony Sassano, shout out to my paisano, previously said in a Twitter post on October 15th that censorship resistance is more important than scaling at the current moment. 
I agree there. Now, Ethereum protocol, this is quoting him here, Ethereum protocol upgrades in order of importance over the next six to 12 months, the beacon chain withdrawals, then we have the PBS related censorship resistance upgrades, then the proto dank Chardon for EIP 4844, whatever in the world that means. And just my humble opinion, censorship resistance is more important than scaling right now. And while the full details of the scourge has not been disclosed, the Ethereum co-founder recently proposed a partial block auction solution where a block builder is only afforded the right to decide some of the contests of the block and other proposals uh, proposals to combat censorship at the consensus layer have been put forward, such as Ethereum Research and Development Company, Flashbots, Signal Unifying Auctions for Value Expression Solution. Now, Buterin also confirmed the update on The Verge, which will now involve the integration of succinct, non-interactive argument of knowledge technology onto Ethereum. And in addition of Snarks, there will be added a much-needed privacy-preserving feature to the Ethereum network while still allowing for anonymous transactions to be traceable. And Vitalik also noted that a more explicit role for quantum proofness would be implemented at various stages of the Ethereum roadmap as a necessary component of the endgame protocol. So there you have it. Let me know your thoughts surrounding these updates from Vitalik on the Ethereum roadmap. And as a result, how many of you are bullish on Ethereum and like what Vitalik has been rolling out? To be quite honest, it's beyond my knowledge. So I have no clue what he is doing. I just know they completely changed the protocol. So I'm not as bullish as I once was. But then again, Bitcoin and Ethereum are two completely different tokens with two completely separate use cases. And that is a fact. And I also and bullish, obviously, for the long haul of Ethereum, but obviously, I would put my wealth in Bitcoin and I wouldn't be holding it in Ethereum with all of these changes coming forth because we don't know what's to happen. I don't even understand what they're doing to the protocol, but that's just my two Satoshis. Let me know your uh, feedback in the comments right down below. With that being shared, now for the moment we have all been waiting for. That's right. Bitcoin potentially becoming a world reserve currency and skyrocketing past $5 million. I was just being conservative because in order for Bitcoin to become a world reserve currency – we're talking about at least a $10 million Bitcoin price. So let's break this down, shall we? Here we go. And I got to state that this is an opinion by Luke Malik, a writer, podcast host, and macro analyst, and is not my personal opinion. With that being shared, let's dive right in, shall we? Some may choose to adopt a quasi-gold standard like Russia recently has. Some may even choose to adopt the Chinese yen. I guess it's the one, my bad, or the euro as their local medium of exchange or unit of account. Some regions could copy what the shadow government of Miramar have done and adopt the Tether stablecoin as legal tender. But most importantly, some of these countries will adopt Bitcoin. Preach. And for the countries that may adopt Bitcoin, it will be too volatile to make economic calculations and use it as a unit of account when it is still so early in the adoption curve. Check out this adoption curve if you want to see how early we truly are. You see that little tiny circle where it says 2022? That's where we are. So congratulations to all crypto enthusiasts here watching the live stream and listening to the recording. Now, despite what the consensus narrative is surrounding those who say Bitcoin's volatility is decreasing because the institutions have arrived, I strongly believe this is not a take rooted in reality. In a previous article written in late 2021 analyzing Bitcoin's adoption curve, I outline why I believe the volatility of Bitcoin will continue to increase from here as it travels through $500,000, $1 million, $1 
dollars and even five million dollars per coin. Send it. Let's freaking go. And he also shares, I think Bitcoin will still be too volatile to use as a true unit of account until it breaches eight figures in today's dollars or once it absorbs 30 percent of the world's wealth. $10 million Bitcoin. Let's freaking go. And as you can see in this chart, adoption of technology in the United States, you see that little mark at the end where it says 2010. That's where we are with Bitcoin. We're just getting started. Crazy, right? So for this reason, he believes countries will adopt Bitcoin and also be forced to adopt the US dollar specifically as a unit of account. And countries adopting a Bitcoin standard will be a Trojan horse for continued global dollar dominance. And put aside your opinions, let me know. Yay or nay, do you feel this is feasible? I think anything is possible, so I'm just throwing it out there. Now, the Federal Reserve of Cleveland seems to be playing cl- paying close attention to these developments as they recently published a paper titled The Lightning Network t- Turning Bitcoin into Money. And as you can see here, zooming out, we can see since March of 2020, the stablecoin supply grown from under $5 billion to over $150 billion. Insane, right? And he says, what I find most interesting is this is not the rate of growth of stablecoins, well, it is the, the rate of growth of stable coins, but that's not the interesting point. It's that stable coins are growing the fastest, even after the recent Terra Luna debacle. Capital fled from what's perceived to be more risky stable coins like Tether to more safe ones like USDC. And I'd love for you to let me know which stable coin do you trust most nowadays. Let me know. So this is because USDC is 100% backed by cash and short-term debt. Now, BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager in the world, and recently they headlined a $440 million fundraising round by investing in Circle, but it wasn't just a funding round. BlackRock is going to be acting as the primary asset manager for USDC and their treasury reserves, which is now nearly $50 billion as shared here in this headline. Wow, right? Now, let's... uh Go down a little bit more as this is a very, very lengthy story. Uh, and I'm going to include it in the show notes below the video in the description, of course, so you can take advantage of it and check it out. But nonetheless, let's discuss currency wars and economic wild cards. This is where the thesis becomes a lot more speculative. Why is the Fed continuing to aggressively raise interest rates? Million dollar question. Why are they doing it? Bankrupting is supposed to uh, or bankrupting its supposed allies like Europe and Japan while seemingly sending the world into a global depression to fight inflation is what we are told. Now let's explore an alternative possible reason why the Fed could be raising rates so aggressively. What option does the U.S. have to defend its, uh, defend themselves in a world currently under hot war? Would it seem so far-fetched to speculate we could be entering an economic cold war, a war of central banks, if you will? Have we forgotten about the weapons of mass destruction? Have we forgotten that what we did to Libya and Iraq for attempting to route around the petrodollar system and stop using the U.S. dollar in the early 2000s? That's right. Makes a great point uh, right here. Until six months ago, my base case was that the Fed and central banks around the globe would act in unison, pinning interest rate lows and use the financial repression sandwich to inflate away the global enormous and unsustainable 400% debt to GDP ratio. I expect them to follow the economic blueprints laid out by two economic white papers. The first one published by the IMF in 2011 entitled The Liquidation of Government Debt. And when the second paper published by BlackRock in 2019 entitled Dealing with the next downturn. I also expect 
all the central banks to work in tandem to move towards implementing central bank digital currencies and working together to implement the Great Reset. However, when the data changes, I change my opinions. And since the creepingly coordinated policies from governments and central banks around the world in early 2020, I think some countries are not so aligned as they once were. And until late 2021, I held a strong view that it was mathematically impossible for the U.S. to raise rates like Paul Volcker did in the 1970s at this stage of the long-term debt cycle without crashing the global debt market. So that's what it seems is incoming, a massive crash, which is all engineered by the elite. But what are your thoughts surrounding Bitcoin realistically becoming a world reserve currency? And by what year do you feel that this can potentially become reality? And once it does, do you likely feel Bitcoin will be astronomical? That's why we have to start stacking stats now while we still can. I look at this as deja vu. Five years ago, Bitcoin was literally trading at the mark we're at right now, around that $20,000 level. So we've had five years to be accumulating, knowing what's coming from the global elite and what they're planning on doing while they're raising interest rates and crashing the U.S. economy. So stay safe out there, folks.